0: Hello, this is the AkeCast. I'm Ike and with me is my co-host, Chris. And today, we're going to dive into the First Amendment and the Second Amendment in relationship to the protests that we've been seeing here in the U.S. And globally, because it is going into um, both Canada as well as migrating into Europe. We're seeing more protests in Europe as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, just think about it like a week ago. We were just talking. We were talking about George Floyd and the uh, the unrest that that spawned from it. But now, like we've come to this, right, where a lot has happened in a week.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that we. It was about a week ago that we had done our initial, uh, you know, opinions, impressions about what was happening, um, and um, this movement has taking on a new life. And I I think it's um, it's very necessary as us as a society to grow. Um, but I, I think the U.S. is in a unique position because we have what we call the U.S. Constitution, right, which yeah. gives us rights as citizens, and those rights are we are seeing are getting infringed upon. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about the U.S. Constitution yeah. and what it gives its citizens. And I, I think, you know, I, I do want to add that there's uh, countries that have modeled their Bill of Rights, their, uh, they've implemented uh, laws which try to mirror uh, what the U.S. had already thought about through its founding fathers, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the U.S. Constitution is is very unique in that it's one of it's a very early point where it lays out basic rights like it's the magna carta and then i'd say next thing really is the u.s constitution right Right. which are important like huge pivotal moments on on you know the milestones for for when it comes to personal freedoms right right right
0: sure Um, gives me the chills when you say it
1: (laughs) you know but it it is right and it's an important moment sure it's filled with problems and that it was built at a time when you know slaves still didn't have rights right uh, Right. and you know drafted by people who both loved slavery and hated it right right and it 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 it's one of those things it it is a product of its time but it it, it was still way ahead of it at the same time right
0: right right um, it's 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 an evolving document and um uh, you know it's that Striving towards yeah. a perfect union.
1: Yeah. Um, well, most countries have some sort of constitutional document now, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Right. You
1: know, at the time, completely unheard of. Right. right? Um and it was a strange thing where it's like, all right, what is what is supreme? Right? Like that's the question of, of all nations. What is supreme? Who has lust and highest authority? Right? And for the longest time right. it was monarchies, and then all of a sudden it became no, this founding document that lists out what we can't do well actually actually only lists out what we can do right right it's lists our limited limitation and then later you know they had to tack on bill of rights because people were thinking this is going to get way too unwieldy right right but yeah like this you know like england i would argue still to the state does not have a constitution right England right. doesn't have any bill or anything I would call like concrete and ironclad that, you know, states your rights and states them as eternal and unbreaking. Right?
0: Right. The Queen's still head of the government and she's still the to top, right?
1: More than just that, it's be, the way England works is that their supremacy comes not from the Constitution but from Parliament and therefore right. Parliament do whatever it wants whatever they vote for and pass into law is supreme and you can't question the validity of the law you only can question its scope
0: mm-hmm. which is an inter- in- interesting distinction because that's um, that's what the constitution is what what is used to either expand or contract exactly what one can or cannot do
1: Exactly. The, the Constitution and it, it the problem is it's its age and its age is catching up to it right
0: well no I, I would disagree with that because I think um, it's built in that's why I said you know the US Constitution is um an, an evolving document it's both it was drafted to evolve with the time it wasn't supposed to be a fixed yeah. thing in time and exactly. not that's-
1: That's where you and me agree. It's it's supposed to be a supposed to be living, right? You know this living document. Unfortunately, that's not how it's interpreted, right?
0: Right, and and that is because of again um, how the uh, Supreme Court is built. Now, before we dive in, I'm just say one one more thing because I do want to have us stay on point in terms of what our discussion is going to be about, but uh, the Supreme Court is supposed to be neutral. It's not supposed to be politicized. Uh, it's not, it's supposed to be unbiased. Um, but I do feel that with the current Senate, um, the Republican led Senate by Mitch McConnell, as well as the, uh, and this is where you know I sort of walk that fine that fence. I'm not sure. I think I think Gorsuch was a good choice. I don't think Kavanaugh was a good choice. And the reason why is because I think Gorsuch is more federalist than Kavanaugh is. Kavanaugh tends to be more political in his opinions and the way he sides, whereas Gorsuch is less so. Okay, and that's where I, I that this is where the Supreme Court is so important is because we do need a unbiased interpretation of the cases that go in um, as, and underlying, there might be some biases, but you have to take a look at it from a, a bigger lens than just your own possible conservative values or, you know, liberal values. Uh, and I, I say, so you can't be extremely left, you have to be what is what what is this document and what what are the circumstances and how, uh, you know, are there gonna be carve-outs uh, or expansion or contraction based on what's in front of you. Um, but uh, there is a politicization that's happened with the Supreme Court, which I don't think should have ever happened. But um, that's my opinion. And That's why this is a, an opinion-based show. So we're going to go right into what we said that this was going to be about, which is the First Amendment, and um, the Second Amendment um, to the U.S. Cons- Constitution. So the First Amendment protects our freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of press, and most importantly, because this is the one that's on point for what's happening now, right to peacefully assemble, okay, and that means the right to peace, peaceful protests. Um, and there's, and I do want us to talk about this too because there's that last line which is and petition the government for redress of grievances. So, and the reason why I say I want us to talk about that is because we're seeing there a crackdown on the peaceful protests, which in my opinion, is going to give way to a lot of grievances that will need to be redressed down the road. So let's, um, and then the second part of it is the um, uh, the second amendment, which is the right to bear arms. Um, specifically, it's, 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 you know, um, that we have a right to a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, right of people to keep and bear arms, Shall not be infringed, so we'll tag team on both of them. We might be going back and forth, but um, give me some of your thoughts, Chris, on the First Amendment and what's happening. I mean,
1: I mean, it's sort of like a great foundational catch all, right? Freedom of the press, religion, um, speech, uh, assembly, right? Uh, redress of grievances uh, from the government it's, it's a great catch-all. It's uh, of the, uh, you know, of the uh, first of the amendments in the Bill of Rights, most important, right? It is, right. it is the first and most important. It, it it sort of solidifies everything. um, In a way that is so stringent in, tr- like, in terms of its protections that you really don't see that anywhere else around the world of how stringent the protection is for the rights enumerated and, in uh, the First Amendment.
0: Right, and let's give a historical reference. One of the reasons why we have these is because of the American Revolution, where there was protests that led to a revolution that led to the creation of a new country, right? And that was an oppression against British rule and taxation.
1: It's it's protests and speech, you know, and separate religions, and all these things that, that are enumerated that were going on during, you know, the Revolutionary War. You know, right. in that era, all these things were going on where there were protests, where there was, you know, press and, and speech and all these things going against the government, and the government liked to crack down on it and shoot people sometimes. Right. You know, you've everyone heard about the shot heard around the world, right? Right. And that's, you know, and that's the way it was held. Right. The First Amendment addresses that issue by making it clear. That those are solidified. The government cannot mess with that at all. Yeah. That those rights, when, when done, you know, peacefully, without threat, you know, with appropriate limitation on, on, you know, you know, on the extent of those rights in terms of not infringing the rights of others. Right. Freedom of speech. All these freedoms are freedoms, but they're not freedoms to infringe it on
0: other people. Right, and uh, and with the freedom um, to peacefully assemble is get, you can gather together, uh, associate with a group of people, of social, economic, political, and religious, for religious reasons. And it also, and this is also key, it also protects the right to protest the government. And uh, that right to protest the government, uh, Law enforcement is an arm of that. So the protests that are happening against brutality, I would argue, and I don't think you're gonna disagree with this, is uh, a, is protected within the Second Amendment. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, oh, the First Amendment.
1: Oh, absolutely. In terms of the First Amendment, these protests are entirely protected, you know, in their peaceful form, Yeah. right? Right. Um, which is the vast majority of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right in a peaceful you know all these protests are protected they are you know and and with those protections comes you know responsibilities that they're all handling the issue that arises now and that we're seeing now is when those protections are being foregone by the government when they're abusing their power and then actually taking these rights right and then disregarding them all together right. right right and I think the best indication of that was the Lafayette Park incident that occurred this week
0: yeah so like uh, do you want to just um just summarize what happened with Lafayette Park in um D.C.
1: yeah sure La- Lafayette Park in D.C. is a is a park that's relatively close to the White House yeah um and because of this proximity to the White House, it's often used as a protest site. And pretty much 365 days of the year, there's a protest going on in it, in some way, form, or fashion, whether there's people living there in tents or or an active protest with a large group, like we saw this week. Great. Right. and a footnote to that
0: is, it's not just with this administration, it's happened with every administration. I, I mean, this administration, yeah. definitely, there's been a lot more protests just because of the egregiousness. Yeah. Um that we've seen, but it has happened yes. with the Obama administration, the Bush administration, Clinton administration, Reagan administration, yes. and you just go down the road down the line of all the previous administrations and there has been protests. It, it, it,
1: yeah, it is the sort of unofficial spot to protest the White House. Right. Right? And it's been this way and it's always like this. That's just reality. And so at this park, there was a protest going on, you know, for George Floyd and the general Black Lives Matter movement against police brutality, right? Right. But while this is going on, uh, federal officers in riot gear start to disperse the park at around like 6.30, right? When there was a curfew at 7, so they began to try to disperse the park early, throwing tear gas, hitting journalists, clubbing people. While this is going on, there's a black hawk that is deployed overhead. Right. Right? And a black is a military style helicopter. Right. Right. Um, and the whole reason to disperse this crowd was not because there was violence or there was you know some, you know, escalation of tension, none of that. It was done so that President Trump could clear the park so that he can walk across the park, right, from the White House to the Church of the president, as it's known, right?
0: Which, by the way, he apparently has never visited since his inauguration.
1: Exactly. And there he decided to do a photo photo op with a Bible that was upside down and did not belong to him. Um, and then record this whole weird sort of... I'm just going to say, it's very dictatorical you know, tin pot dictator right. stuff, I'm saying. So, Some really weird cult of personality thing that he's doing there and then they a day later release the whole video of the event with some nice patriotic music and then you pause and go like, wait a minute this was all just for this weird propaganda film that you're doing it, it, it got very crazy this park filled, filled with peaceful protesters was dispersed by government officials what I would say definitely in abuse of their power and going against the rights of those citizens,
0: in violation of the Constitution.
1: Exactly, and they're doing this flagrantly, right? People like Attorney General Bill Barr, who apparently ordered this thing, right?
0: Which he's now denying, FYI. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know, but you see him definitely there. There's pictures of
0: him. right, and you used to have right. pictures of him throughout the night, um, directing yeah. um, enforcement. I I believe, and um, my understanding, it wasn't DC enforcement. Um, it was a local enforcement. It was military enforcement. I believe they.
1: Yeah, no, these are federal. These are these are all people under federal control. Yeah. It wasn't the police who were involved in the right. dispersal. And in fact, the mayor and DC police have criticized this, going, "This was a major escalation." Right. and I, I so
0: and I, I want everybody there. to think about that. This is federal this. enforcement, not local. And just think about it, if they had, you know, if they think about employing something like this in your neighborhood, it's insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, D.C. is unfortunately in this really yeah. bad position in that because it's not a state, Yeah, they can use without any sort of constitutional, like, you know, checks and okay. balances, without any sort of like, approval from state legislator or, or, or state government. Yeah they can use federal military you know what it re-
0: sorry is- it reminded me of like you know the handmaid's tale type of shit <laughs> sorry I had to bring that reference in right because it's like insane I I didn't think about that that this would happen here
1: okay I'm going to get into Handmaid's tale later uh, for the last okay. segment but oh my god uh, yeah no this is some weird tin pot dictator stuff that's yeah. happening and everyone's and i i feel like pe- i know people are definitely paying attention right. right but i'm like this alone is impeachable no
0: well you know yes but we are in a election year
1: election. so
0: very very important that if you have the right to vote you need to exercise that right it's because people did not exercise their right to vote or Said, you know what? I don't like either one. So screw it. F it. I'm not going to vote. This is the result. So very important that you are given a special privilege that you should always, well, I, I, let me know. You are given a special right and you should always exercise that right because your voice determines yeah. what kind of society you want.
1: Absolutely. The only power that we still have, you know, from billionaires all the way down, is one vote, one person. And there are more of us. Right. Right? That allows the balance to remain. But you have to, you have to do it.
0: Yep. I absolutely agree.
1: You want to know all of this, these protests occurring? Right? the the stats on the the rise of deaths and coronavirus infections are continually going up.
0: Yeah. That's the the second part of this this um equation is that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Um you Yeah. You know um yes I see a lot of protesters wearing masks and stuff like that but masks as the experts have said doesn't it minimizes it but does not guarantee that you're gonna be protected, right? Because particles will still seep through your masks. Um, so yeah, where there is there is a health hazard component to it. And I, I think that in the next two to three weeks, four weeks, we are going to see a, if we ha- we are starting to see it, but we're gonna see a significant upswing again
1: oh yeah, this 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 whole thing is going to these pro, like, so right now I'm going to throw this out there during this coronavirus pandemic. The idea was clamp it down, right? And then slowly release the valve, right? Let, you know, slowly reopen once we get a handle on it so we don't overwhelm the medical right. system. All right? That's the point. The slow release right. had begun. Right, the, the, the beginning, the phase one beginning of reopening had, had, had begun, and then this occurs, which then creates like a phase four level of crowd gathering. Yeah. We've gone from one to four in not the appropriate amount of time, and I'm not blaming the protesters. This is this was a, a pivotal, you know, watershed moment that needed to be done, but it also occurs at a time when we're in the middle of also a state of emergency.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? The civil rights movement wasn't in a state yes. of emergency. There wasn't this ominous third party threat out there that was killing the protesters and the counter protesters and just increasing mm-hmm. general, you know, ad uh, health. Yeah. This wasn't a, a reality during then. This is, This wasn't a reality in most parts. We usually have it one or the other, you know, 1920 level pandemic. Right right 1960s level social crisis we don't have a pandemic and a social crisis at the same time we're in new ground here right yep it's it's we're in this strange position and because of it you know our rights it's a strange position where your rights can be limited for public good in this state of emergency But because we're also in the social crisis, we don't, they shouldn't be limited. And they can be limited in ways that are opportunistic. Which I think
0: is what they're trying to do right now. It's the limitations are opportunistic. Um, Yes, there is. I I mean, I I don't think you can say that the protesters are not aware of the pandemic or the health crisis because if they were not aware, then they wouldn't be um, there would be um there would not be wearing the masks right so there
1: yeah this is absolutely
0: but um you have to take a look at okay uh the in you know enough where we reach that tipping point where enough is enough, and you know visu- and visually seeing what was done to mr floyd has like it's, it's woken and a, you know, it's woken people who thought they were woke, but weren't right. Because let's face it, neither you or me can, are you gonna, somebody who's not black will not be able to understand what their everyday is, right? Um, we may, some of us who are of color may, you know, have that judgment, but it's not to the level or extent that you, that, that happens to um, black people, uh, African Americans, whatever terminology, I and mean, there's no disrespect when we say black people or African Americans, it's, right, We at some point, you know, I, I don't know political correctness, sort of, because that that's a reality, right? The reality of a black man versus yeah. a a white man, or is different. Um, reality of a brown man yeah. is different. And again, gender is yeah, the, the, uh, interchangeable as well. Is. So please don't take offense when I say just man. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. This is yeah. just only in reference to right. that of George Floyd, right? Right. In that context, right? These, these, this lived experience is definitely something that you know is only shared by one, you know,
0: by right. one type of disproportionately, person,
1: right? This is a shared, yeah, disproportionately, and because of that, we have, you know, we have this appropriate social context yeah. that's occurring right now, right, right, and because of the social context, because of you know the infringement of the the rights to to, to protest, because of The infringement of just basic human decency and the right to life at this point.
0: Yeah,
1: right. We reached this moment, and now we have to consider even larger. Right, what role does the Second Amendment have to play in this?
0: Right, right,
1: right. In this larger context of social change, right, there is this Second Amendment, which is which exists and which thankfully has not been abused to cause some sort of mass shooting at this horrible time. Yep. Right? We have the second amendment. We have this, you know, general gun violence problem in in the United States, which has not really reared its ugly head as far as I know. Thankfully,
0: I I mean, Um, you do see people with, and um, I see more, you know, white men and women, who are holding rifles? Then um, I do see non-white. Um, that should, in and of itself, speak for itself, right? Because can you imagine if it was a black woman, black man, brown man or woman who was holding it? Uh, I mean, they would have absolutely had more retaliation than it would have been.
1: I would, I would definitely argue that, um, like historically speaking we see moments of, of when the government legislates against the second amendment, right? right? Uh, occur not really at moments of uh, where society has determined their you know, distaste for the second amendment or, or firearms in general, but at times when they wanna take away people's rights. And I would point this out where in, ni- in the 1960s, under Nixon, because of the Black Panthers, they instituted a Firearms Act.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Right, one of the early examples of, of anti-firearms legislation done by Nixon. Right. Right, Because in response to, to, to black people, to African-Americans, the Black Panthers in this case, um, exercising their Second Amendment right because white people with guns is protection, black people with guns is dangerous apparently. Right. It's it's a strange thing and because of because of that you have this occur. Um and generally speaking, you know, the Second Amendment is I, I would I think it's fair to say that, you know, we're left leaning people, right?
0: Um On yeah, I situations. would say, you know, I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative as that for <laughs> terminology and you know, pigeonholing myself.
1: So, so, I'm yeah, so I'm I'm I would say I'm left okay. on both of those issues. I'm, I'm definitely fiscally more more liberal and definitely socially more liberal. But when it comes to firearms, right, I, I'm, I'm definitely what would be right uh, on that issue. But I don't think it should be right on too. that issue. Me
0: too. And I agree with you. I, I mean, I um, I agree with you. I think um, we should have a right to bear arms and that should be, a that's a protected right. I think um, where I may diverge is, I don't think your right to arm means a automatic weapon, right? I mean, the whole idea of right to and, arm is, it's to, you know, keep, uh, to protect yourself, right? Yeah,
1: The self- right. self-defense against, you know, illegal action.
0: By private, right, by private or by the state? I would also say by state as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, the right to self-defense is inherent, right? And the Second Amendment, uh, you know, really encapsulates that very well. But where I wanna just push back as just a small point, um, generally speaking, uh, in in 1986, there was um, a machine guns registry
0: opened right. up, right?
1: Um, right? And automatic weapons in general have there's been no new automatic weapons added to the registry since 86. Right. Right. Uh, automatic weapons are actually actually very very hard to get in the United States because there's a increased background check. There is an NFA tax stamp that you have National Firearms Act uh, tax stamp that you have to pay into it um and the prices on them are incredible above 10,000 for a machine gun
0: so how do we see like so many people just walking around with those
1: because what they're actually not what's happening is they're not actually walking around okay. with machine guns they're walking around with military style assault rifles which to be very fair like everything all weapons start off as military style there's very few just oh this is consumer grade gun they're all designed, you know, for military purpose, one way or another. You know, they're always designed by contract. You know, oh, we want to, you know, offer this tender for this new assault rifle, and then someone tries to make it. Even the old school hunting ri- rifles, like Mausers and all that, they they were originally military arms. So this idea of military style, you know, gun is kind of a misnomer because they all are military style. Mm-hmm. Style, but I digress. The main point is, is that. You know, they're designed in this way. They're essentially just non-automatic copies of, you know, an automatic gun, right? right? And because of that, they're very effective, right? It's Here's the thing. People think automatic fire is dangerous. There's nothing more dangerous than a semi-automatic gun and a guy who has, you know, half-decent accuracy.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Right? And that's what's going on. It's that semi-automatic is the, the way that you're supposed to, you know, get very good accuracy you don't use automatic unless there's something else going on and it's really only in the military context that because of this we have large capacity magazines right they don't get dumped you know quicker because they're not automatics but you have now this store of bullets that can be used for a longer period of time you have you know um different things that make trigger pulls easier um i remember the bump stock issue that popped up right a I, back,
0: after a mass shooting right? in vegas
1: which, yeah which simulates automatic fire but without being automatic fire right it's it's still one trigger pull equals one you know shot um
0: so uh, okay so, so I and I, 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 I know i'm interrupting your flow but Explain to me how these bump stocks work. Like I've heard it, I but explain how do they work, right? Because all
1: right, the bump stock gets around this, you know, automatic thing very easily because what it is is that the stock of the gun is the the rear portion of the gun which rests against your shoulder, right? Um, it's used to stabilize recoil. Okay, that's the stock section. A bump stock. Right is a piece of stock attached that that is also attached to the handguard uh, and and handle yeah. of a rifle, specifically in this case the team. and it's got a section which pushes your finger uh, into a into a into a specific uh, shape, and what happens is the the bump stock's got a little give to it, a little bit mm-hmm. of push and pull. When you pull push yeah. the bump stock out, right. What you're doing is pushing the trigger towards your finger right which then causes your finger to hit the trigger then the recoil caused by the 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 going off forces the entire gun back into the stock right. right but as you're still trying to push out right because you're holding this trying to push out the whole time it just bounces back and forth and as it bounces back and forth right it creates this multiple shot effect because your finger is just hitting the trigger so fast because of the recoil. Okay. That's, that, that's occurring. It's using physics to increase your rate of, of fire. But it's still one trigger pull per okay. um,
0: right.
1: per shot. So you yeah. could theoretically if you're fast enough do this with your hand like by yourself. You can turn yourself into an automatic weapon if you have enough skill and training
0: okay. to, to do yeah. that.
1: Right? But this boomstock stock allows it, to done, it allows it to be done in a in a very sort of clever around the you know right in a roundabout way. It's not really an automatic rifle. It doesn't really have the um, accuracy that an automatic rifle does.
0: It can do but damage
1: when you're looking for indiscriminate. Yeah, when you're looking for indiscriminate violence, this thing works.
0: Okay. Um,
1: um and that's and that's the problem. They've banned bump stocks. Bump stocks are no longer a thing. Um, you know, they've they made it an, an exception. That's that's it there, but you know, we still have high capacity magazines and people would argue that high capacity magazines are, you know, it's just a reality. And, but, you know, I also see it as, as a good sort of step. It doesn't need, you know, um, there needs to be a middle ground on that because right now, like a normal magazine for an AR-15 is 30 rounds. Yeah. Right. Others could be even higher. AKs are also 30 rounds. Um, You know, anything that uses that, you know, AR-15 magazine, you know, those stand egg bags is another thing that uses, you know, 30 rounds. So, you know, we have this huge amount of ammunition that's available, right? And this crisis has brought out a metric crap ton of of, of gun sets. We've seen just people buying guns left and Right. right. So it, it's. Kind and we want, of yeah, and
0: I, I, think we want to uh, note when it comes to gun sales, it is really dependent on accessibility is really dependent on the state as well, right? There isn't a national. Yeah, yeah. Regulated. Regulations on how, on gun sales, it is it is really determined state by state. So, state, you know, one state will yes. have really restrictive abilities and the other will you know make it very liberal to be able to obtain them
1: yeah absolutely it, it all yeah it all depends on the state you know like everyone jokes about texas but you know texas has generally right. you know very easy gun laws uh very very sick ones uh they still have to do the 30-day waiting period um you know for the background check like there are you know there are a lot of common sense stuff put into place but the level in which they exist, you know, you know, the way that they're um, handled, you know, all these things leads to right. can lead to abuse in the system. Some states have easier access to guns, which means that you can smuggle them into other states, which have harder access to guns. <clears throat> you know, yeah, oh, it's, it's just reality. I'm
0: wondering if, if Canada, an argue, yeah, I'm wondering if an argument can life. be made, and I, I know we were. Um, we weren't going to talk about this. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I wonder if um, the the movement of guns between states, um, you know, some arguments could be made regarding the Commerce Clause. I don't think it's being done yet, but I think that would be interesting. That's going to be for another discussion. I want you to, you know, think about that, Chris, because we're going to come back and we're going to possibly even talk about it. As you guys can tell, we're pretty... Um, Passionate about the constitution and what is allowed, but I, I want us to circle back because I, I I feel like we've sort of uh, digressed um, uh, down a tangential yeah. line. So let's go back to the um, let's go back to Second Amendment right to bear arms, and um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the argument here, uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong, but. Uh, Second Amendment gives the right to bear arms, right? Um, To right of people to keep and bear arms. So uh, in order for self-defense and protection. So the question is when you have law enforcement, you know, um, infringe on um, basic human rights, then do you get that same second, would you get that same Second Amendment protection of uh, right to bear arms against law enforcement? I know the answer to this, you know, and I think viscerally everybody's like, no, absolutely not, you're not gonna be protected for that, but there's a self-defense element there. And um, that, and I want us to talk about that because I think there are people out there that have I that thought it, process.
1: Yeah, I think it, it depends on the, the state uh, definitely some states indemnify uh, police uh, during what they would call riots to allow them to, you know, to, to do these sort of things that would, you know, infringe on the rights of others. Some states allow this. Uh, other states no, don't necessarily do. The other issue that you arise, though, with self-defense is self, the, the, the measure on self-defense has to be, you know, genuine threat for fear of life, Right. Also, you know, it's it's hard to say that with a baton in in a in a riot shield versus say, like a cop with an assault rifle. Um, but we have this even during peacetime, right? Like, say if SWAT busts into the wrong house and yeah. you shoot at the SWAT, right? Are you protected? You know, this is self-defense because you know some guys with guns just randomly shot up. You know, went into your house. I, I was defending myself. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Are you in? Are you protected? you know, by self-defense as, as yep. a defense, right, by the Second Amendment? you Are you protected? And I think, generally speaking, police might be indemnified legally. I would argue they shouldn't be. Yeah, and
0: um, yes, uh, you're right. It, right. It's under um, a, a legal concept or a legal doctrine called qualified immunity, okay? And, and again, this was um, first introduced by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1967, okay, and um, the doctrine says that, uh, or the doctrine shields government officials from being sued for discretionary actions performed in their official capacity, unless their actions—and this is, you know, clearly violated um, uh, federal law or or clearly established federal law or constitutional rights, right? But it's since I think 2005. It's courts are increasingly applying this this doctrine for excessive or deadly use of force by police. So there's a doctrine which is supposed to protect officials from, you know, being sued for actions that they took in their capa- in their official capacity, which I can make uh, you know I understand, but they've expanded it. The courts have expanded it. To allow for protection of excessive or deadly force by police, and because they have this implied immunity, um, police forces know that this is being this is expanding. We have what now we see as what happened to George Floyd, right? So it's an excessive, deadly use of uh, for uh, deadly use of force by police, police officers who are supposed to protect you and they're the cause of, and they've been able to do this. These officers have been able to do this because there's that underlying, you know, mentality. We're going to be protected because of this legal doctrine called qualified immunity.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It's, um, it's you know, it, it's allowed for a fail-safe for, um, Police brutality to go unpunished, and that victims whose constitutional rights are being violated, it you know it denies them their right to uh, redressability. Which again, I would argue, goes back to the First Amendment, where you do have the right, a constitutional right, to petition the government for redress of grievances. And um, petition the government yeah. can be, and i I think we're gonna see a lot of this coming out because of these protests right a freedom of um- a, the right to petition government for redress of grievances can be by protesting protest letters right uh, filing complaints, but also filing lawsuits and I think we're seeing that now as well. I think this morning I just read that. Um, Black Lives Matter and I think the ACLU uh, over the last uh, weeks, uh, they've started to file lawsuits against the federal government um, and law law enforcement for their excessive use. And there was a a court in um, Denver um, that did uh, that just uh, uh, issued I think a restraining order for police to use please cannot use chemicals or um, uh, I think excessive force and I think they can't um, restrict um, uh, protesters when there are peaceful protests happening so what happened at Lafayette Park, I think courts yeah. are, the lower courts are stepping up. We'll see, you know, as I'm, because I'm sure it's gonna go up the, up the pipeline, it'll go to Appeals, Third Circuit, and then Supreme Court. Well, So what you're gonna see how this concept of qualified immunity is going to play out in the courts. They have a very important essential role to play in ensuring that the US Constitution is preserved. right
1: yeah I, I, I definitely think that uh, the next step will be you know the courts and and right now that you know the press, but the biggest thing of all is is you know November you know when the election occurs, how are you going to you know how are people going to remember you know this has been a very long time of a Trump presidency where there's been one, scandal crisis abuse of power right um possible treason.
0: Yeah.
1: all of it's occurred this is one this is a very eventful presidency right right and you know we were in the middle of the worst pandemic in the united states history you know over a hundred thousand dead almost 2 million people infected right uh for modern history you know this is we, we're in we're in a very strange time and because of that you know people there you know our rights are being trampled upon and they're and people are, don't really have any redress right now but they the courts they do have a role uh, and
0: i i'm gonna go out and let me say um the near future not the far future okay um it we definitely and yeah. um uh i i want to again reiterate we have a constitutional right to protest. It should be peaceful protests because that's how you bring change. If there's not peaceful protests then you know why uh, you have, you're going to have general public turn against um, what you're protesting against the grievances that you're protesting against because because there's damage that's being done to persons and property. And that's not acceptable. We bring change through peaceful protests, and I do believe that peaceful protests do do matter, and they do bring about change. Okay, nineteen yeah. sixties. Um, you brought it up. Nineteen sixties. A lot of turmoil, a lot of civil unrest, but it did bring changes, right? So, um, that and that that's very important to remember. And um, I want uh, also to bring one more thing. So just in the vein of protest, so I came across this interesting article and I never like really thought about it, but um, it was interesting. And um, Chris, I think I had sent it to you too. So it was an in-style article on how Hawaiian shirts all have been hijacked by white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, I thought I, like, I was like, was like the craziest thing. Getting, getting I was,
1: yeah, I started getting into Hawaiian shirts now.
0: I'm like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, right. please don't tell me they're gonna ruin and this I for was me just too. Like Hawaiian shirts? I mean, Hawaiian shirts. We equate that to you're on vacation <laughs> in Hawaii. You've got luau's and and stuff like that. But so here's the um here's the reference point. So uh, apparently. Um, so it's, it's come out of, uh, you know, a Reddit group of neo-Nazis, white supremacists. Um, and it started off with a, a and it's based on a um, breaking to Electric Boogaloo movie. I've never seen it. I never even knew that movie existed, but apparently it was a sequel. Yeah,
1: I, I've heard it because the joke is always, whenever something is two, it's electric boogaloo. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> World War, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's just a reference. Whenever something okay. is a sequel, it's always called electric. Yeah,
0: so I, I didn't two, even I have that reference point, right? <laughs> but um, so uh, uh, apparently there is, you know, a, 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 in this article, they go in terms of the sequence of events leading up to this being a symbol for white supremacy And even igloos. And when I say eagles, I mean, in, you know, Inuit, Eskimo, eagles, up north, eagles. Okay, so let's keep that in mind. So so the the way it, the sequence happens is um, there's these message bo- boards on Reddit, 4chan, 8chan, that's sharing jokes uh, and memes about the movie. And then, um, and, you know, and those are, those those are typically message boards that radical far-right gatherers go on they use these boards to talk about political you know and discuss politics and you know those who also don't believe in the political correctness that that is here in society right they also you you know uses a forum for yes. racial slurs and hate and so the way it goes is that um Boogaloo is is very similar. Sounds like igloo. So they've hijacked the you know the igloo. So if you see a reference point to an igloo, that has um, that's a that's a call to um, white supremacists. Um And then you know, and uh, the same with yeah. Hawaiian shirts. Um, there's actually the Anti Defamation League defamation league they um they did start um they did start um uh, you know they did an article on how white supremacist groups have you know started to uh you know put different things in front of break into electric boogaloo like they've been to change the date with civil war two electric boogaloo they're, so they're connecting it to a second civil war coming right but
1: yeah i've, I've also heard the, the term boogaloo used in reference to uh, 1776 yeah. too yeah so <laughs> you know like so
0: and, and and where did the hawaiian shirts come in so the hawaiian shirts are because you know in hawaii you have these you have luau's that they have right um, evening dinners or uh, and um and and stuff, it's a huge big outdoor barbecue, right? Um, for, And you know, if you've yeah. seen movies and you, you've seen a luau, yeah, you, you get the reference, yeah, right? You, so, you the, and yeah. at those luau's, many people wear Hawaiian shirts. Now, it, the big luau sounds like big boogaloo, which is why that's become their code for when they're out in the protests with a Hawaiian shirt, they're actually white supremacist or anti-government instigators that are um, in this group trying to create further chaos. So peaceful protests, they create, you know, an environment where then the mob mentality ends up happening. So that's where Hawaiian um, shirts, um, came in as a symbol for them for anti-government, anti-shutdown, um, you know, um, and when I say anti-shutdown, I'm talking about the protests that we had for the the lockdowns, the stay safe uh stay and safe uh you know, state of emergencies that states have. You saw, you know, them you saw in, you know, guys in masks with wearing Hawaiian shirts and stuff like that. You see that reference, that that's a that's yeah. that's why you're seeing more more people wearing Hawaiian shirts because um, in some of these is because that's their symbol for I'm um, with you an altright group. Like seeds like, right? You can identify yourself in a in a group yeah. uh, if you have a similar mentality or thought process. So they're, they're starting to show up in protests wearing Hawaiian shirts, you know, and um, I, I mean, the article was clear, you know, it can, be, it can mean two things. It's you really like to wear a Hawaiian shirt, right? Or more importantly, you're actually a white supremacist in the mix who is trying to start a race war. And that's crazy, right? Like I never would have thought. <laughs> I never would have thought Hawaiian shirts could could mean that. And that, so I thought it was a really interesting article. Um, I, and I think people should, yeah. you know, Google Hawaiian shirts and protest. Uh, you'll see a lot more information. You'll see a lot more people who have actually been addressing it. And and, and then you know, and of course the. If that wasn't crazy enough, it was in Style Magazine that had done this article, a fashion magazine. So uh, it's it was interesting for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, um, Chris, I would say uh, you can wear your your um, Hawaiian shirts if you want to. <laughs> I just, you know, wouldn't wear them to a protest. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> all right
1: let's all right we're almost coming yeah. to an hour let's 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 pivot away from all this heavy okay. stuff and and come to the very basic understanding yeah. and you know in mild conclusion i would say that right now we're in this really weird time where because of a national emergency people's rights can be trampled on but hopefully that it won't stay that way. Hopefully in the future the courts will be able to look back at this moment and see yeah. who was, you know, doing wrongdoing, who who was in breach of their power, in breach of the public trust, and then successfully be able to redress the complaints and, and, and suffering of others. And hopefully this 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 right. era that we're in leads to something better. Right? Lead right. to something more change. So well I'm so in the
0: camp of and equality. this might be naive of me, I'm in the camp of hope that um and the protests do give me that hope. Mm-hmm. We that we as a society are going to grow from this. We're going to um see what's happening and we are our better angels are going to definitely take over. Okay. Those, those. Uh, uh, that's what I believe. Uh, our yeah. better angels are going to prevail.
1: Let's hope. All right, and uh, sort of pivoting back to something you said very, very, very early. Um, uh, a good sort of, uh, I'm going to call this just the the historical, you know, whatever pairing of the week to deal with all this horrible stuff. Uh, watch. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. There are three seasons of it out. It's uh, currently on Hulu. Um, and my yes. God, is it not that just adds, and for I'm going
0: to add to that. Watch <laughs> HBO's Watchmen. If you haven't done so yet. Because that is also on point. Yeah.
1: yeah. Talked about right. it. Uh, talking specifically about Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale, sort of like the, the, the basic plot. It's uh, dystopian future. Uh, relatively, you know, close to ours, where um, uh, extreme right-wing uh, fundamentalist Christians take over the United States government and change it into uh, yeah. a religious ethno state, yep. right? Um, and um, just sort of living in that ethno state as somebody who is considered lesser within that state uh, because this is a fundamentalist religious state. That includes, you know, women, certain people of certain races, um, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, Um, it's a it's a really good show. It is at times hard to watch, uh, incredibly at points. At points, uh, that show that show is just so draining. But at at the same time, some sort of catharsis.
0: Be prepared to be angry. um, They give you. Okay. Be prepared to have some moments of like rage but i would say take that anger take that rage that you might feel and you know what just transform it into a something productive for social change
1: absolutely and yeah sometimes you know it's 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 fictional stories that give us inspiration and sometimes it's true tragic stories like we have now but uh, yeah, Handmaid's Tale is, is a great choice. Watchmen is also another great choice dealing with the idea of race. Um, watch them, uh, Watchmen's on HBO, its season is finished. Handmaid's still, I think the fourth season is gonna be coming out anytime now. Uh, and, but there yeah. are three seasons complete.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And just one uh, last note, is, to, and for the uh, Handmaid's still, you may not be able to watch it. You may not be able to binge watch it. You might be able to watch it maybe two episodes at a time or something like that. So keep that in mind, but do watch it. It is really good. Um yeah, really good okay yeah, well good. on that note, thank you oh, for joining good. us um and we will be back all right oh. all right that we'll be back.